Heavenly Father, we give you praise from our deep hearts. We thank you for this moment. And we commit this talk session into your holy hands. Lord, take control. Have your way. In Jesus' name, I've prayed. Amen. Yes, just like yesterday, we had June stock session and now we are here again. Good day, everyone, my attentive listeners. Thank you for your time today again. I'm so, so grateful. Today being Monday, you are still, you are still able to join. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you very much. For my eyes, I say thank you. Happy new month. I guess it's never too late to welcome you to this great month. Honestly, it's a great achievement to see the first half of the year. Even if you've not achieved your goals, don't stop working towards it. Don't stop praying. Very soon it will be your latest testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, I welcome you all once again. My new listeners, if this is your first time, you're amazing. Trust me, you're going to love it here. Please don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, you know the rest, to tell a friend about this amazing monthly talk session that is titled What is God Saying? And with his strength, we are now in the sixth episode. My name remains online, Kasharan Oluwafemi, your ever-amazing orator. All right, before we move forward to today's feed, let's listen to some excerpts from the last month episode that is Inner Peace. But I don't say, wow, I'm listening to podcast Inner Peace. I'm richly blessed. It says, seeing negative words, anxiety, unforgiveness, malice, bitterness, and low self-esteem militate against our own inner peace. God in Christ forgave us. So that's what Brother Dewey learned. And basically, in case you missed last month's episode, this is just a summary of what we talked about last month. We talked about inner peace. Okay, we have one or two questions here too. Sister Glory says, are you saying that if we are odd by toxic people, should we still roll with them? Hmm. When we are odd by toxic people, should we still roll with them? The answer is not yes, definitely. You know, forgiveness is the key. Forgive those who hurt you. Have nothing against them. Do not think evil towards them. And in all steps, be wise and watchful. You know, the Bible even says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the ways of the wicked lead them astray. So, Sister Glory, if we are listening live, I'm advising you that you should choose your friends carefully, but don't keep anyone in your heart. Don't be a jailer. Like, forgive and let go. But, but be wise. Yes, be wise. 
My attentive listeners, having given you extra from the last episode, let's move into today's topic. Yes, let's dive in. The talk of today is labeled your identity. Your identity. That's what we are talking about today. Your identity. When I received this topic, honestly, my brain readjusted the child because this topic is so wide, very wide. Many angles came to my mind, but as God will do his own thing, I received more than three scriptures for this. Besides, I was only familiar with the first two verses, and I'm sure you know them. Jeremiah 29, 11, and Jeremiah 1, verse 5. And the rest got me thinking and praying, because ah, I like, I've, I've not come across this kind of Bible verse before. How am I going to do it? You know that kind of situation that you are like, God, please, let these verses connect. Like I said, most of us are familiar with Jeremiah 1, verse 5, which says, Before I formed you in the womb, you know the rest. Exactly. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This verse brings us back to today's topic, your identity. What is identity? can be defined as the distinguishing character or personality of an individual even if you don't know the mean, meaning of identity or you can't remember a proper definition of it remember the purpose of your identity card yes we all have an identity card either as a working class or as a student you have one so when you remember the purpose of your identity card then you know the meaning of identity and what's the purpose of your identity card? It just tells you who you are. Yes, who you are. And that's it. So let's go extra a bit. Identity is who we experience ourselves to be. That is the I, the letter I each of us carry within us. You know, you say, I am Sharon. I am James. I am John. You know, your name. I am, I am that, I am this. So the letter I we carry within us shows us identity often we feel pressured to define ourselves through our jobs financial status successes grades appearance what other people say about us and many other means we define ourselves by all of this without remembering who we are in God's hands Okay, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a banker, I'm a doctor, I'm a first class student, I'm the first lady. Now the question is, what happens to our identity when we experience failure, or lose someone's favor, or become burned out in our jobs or place of services? Okay, let's re-digest that again. I said, what happens to identity when we experience failure? Having defined yourself or identified yourself as a first-class student, what happens when you what happens when you experience failure? Or what happens when you lose someone's favor? For example, let's say you're the first lady of 
so 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 states what happens when you get a divorce from your husband do you still remain the first lady or being a banker or a lawyer or a doctor what happens when you get burned out of your place of service how do you identify yourself you know a stable sense of self cannot fully exist when we place our identity in external things like all that i mentioned earlier when circumstances change our identity constantly changes too why should we even place our identity by hustling to define ourselves by something or someone else no influence that these earthly things that we attach our identity with can be altered or shaken you know, Solomon says in the book of Exercises for verse 7 that he saw meaningless things under the sun. This metaphorically means vanity. It explains vanity. When we define ourselves with earthly things, positions, grades, successes, and all of that, it ends up in vanity. Why don't we fix our identity in God? There's nothing more amazing than you having the knowledge that God knows you or you placing your identity in the way God sees you. Genesis 1 verse 27 explains how we are created in God's image. We are loved by God. He has plans for us. He has plans for you. Yes, you say that every day. Yes, you say you are a daughter of Zion, you are the son of the Most High. But where do you place your identity when you are in the midst of your colleagues, friends, and unbelievers? No genuine Christian will stop his relationship with God because of anyone or anything. You know, during my A-level days, I had a roommate who happens to be a Muslim. Whenever she observes her prayers, I tolerated it, and at most times I reduced the volume of my playlist or whatever song I'm listening to at that point so she could observe a quiet time. The second semester came up, I organized Sunday services in the hostel because of the pandemic. Coronavirus, we all know about it now. So everyone in the hostel joined this special service because no one could go to any out church because of the pandemic. And to my surprise, she joined almost all of our Sunday services she always say what she learned at the end of the sermon without, without even asking her. When talking of identity, we should never become fanatics about it. Yes, we say we are Christian. But if we don't tolerate people or show them love, how are we going to win them to Christ? Your identity in Christ should not be hindered because of anything. Moses and Paul are good examples of people with old identities, but God gave them a new one with purpose. You might have had bad past or experiences, but this is the time to put on a new garment in Christ and understand who he has called you to be. Moses was a murderer. He killed someone, and God still chose him. Paul too was a murderer. Imagine, most of us, we are never murderers yet, and we've already concluded that, oh, God cannot use us again. I would even think such when you know that God created you in his own image. If all men were Christians, there would be no war in this world. 
Because when true religion flourishes, God will be happy with us. It is good that we achieve things, but not making it as number one priority, then our identity as number two or three. I'm not saying it's bad for you to address yourself with your achievements, your positions, your grades, you know, things you are proud of. But we should never make our identity as number two or three priority. You know, it's not having God or silver that displeases God, but depending on them, as if we will not be safe or happy without them. You know, some people can't do without God or silver. I remember when I was little, I asked my mom, because I was so curious about this jewelry of a thing. I asked her, I was like, are we going to go to hell with red jewelry? And she was like, no, you won't go to hell. But if you choose to make jewelry as a God in your life, then it becomes something else. We might have money, we should not worship it. We should not become money worshippers. We might have a lot of good properties, good grade, good achievement. We should not make it our lords or gods. Let our identity come first. There are things that in that are God-given identity. A lot, a lot and a lot. As young Christians, there are things that either are God-given identity. Number one is peer pressure. You know I said it before that most of us, we say we are Christians, but because of by the midst of our colleagues and friends, we change our identity, become something else. True relationship with God is a key point. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Yes. But young Christians pretend today because of what peer pressure would do to their face. And if you are in the right circle, you would you would never be shy to say you are a Christian. It's when you are among the wrong circles that they will put their pressure on your face and make you feel like ah, you are the only worst person on earth. Having the fact that you've chosen to be a Christian. So when we, when we are in the right circle, definitely it will not be a problem for us. So peer pressure can hinder our God-given identity. Secondly, mode of dressing. Yes, we have Christians today. A lot of young Christians that say that, okay, mode of dressing doesn't affect your salvation. Yes, it might not affect your own salvation, but what about the people you are preaching to? I've encountered a lot of situations when going for evangelism. Not me, but maybe other people wearing improper dress and the person you are preaching to will not even listen to what you are saying, but focus on what you are wearing. It actually matters. And you know some mothers will actually talk. When you are preaching to them, they'll be like, what are you wearing? I'm sure some of us would have encountered that kind of situation for it might not be you, but someone else of you or you've heard about it. So as Christians, we should dress properly. The way we dress is the way we'll be addressed. So when I'm talking about mode of dress now, some people are thinking, okay, she's talking about the ladies. No, the guys too. Today, we cannot differentiate an unbeliever from our Christian sister. The mode of dressing is now a controversial topic today. 
my dear, it should not be controversial at all. You know, the Bible cleared it already. It said anything that will make your brother or sister to sin, do away with it. As a Christian, your dressing should be modest. You should not dress in a way that will be identified as alert or thugs. Definitely, there, there's a very big difference between a sheep and a goat. When you see a sheep, you know a sheep. When you see a goat, you know a goat. Mode of dressing can hinder a God-given identity if it is not proper. Thirdly, bad habits or addiction. As Christians, we are conscious that there are certain habits we engage ourselves in that don't glorify God's name at all. We have a whole lot of examples. Gossiping, drinking, fornication, lying, and a whole lot. Galatians 5.19, in fact, covers all of this I'm saying. You know, some of us, we have bad habits. Some of us, the way we talk, some of us, the way we think. What we think, oh my God. If it's expressed on a, on a television, it's going to be so, so bad. As Christians, we should think right. We should, we should, we should act in a very godly manner. And if we don't, bad habits is going to what? Just in that God's given identity. As young Christians, okay, yes, you might not be into fornication, gossiping, drinking, and all of that. But what we think in our mind, recently the Holy Spirit was teaching me something in Galatians 5:19. The word lasciviousness, you can check your Bible. It means impurity, showing sexual desire. Or act or thought. You know, some of us as young Christians, yes, we are single. We, we've not gotten married and all of that. But we try to what imagine. We try to fantasize and do all of that as young Christians. Not okay, fan, not even fantasy in just any relationship. Maybe fantasize that okay, we are married. When I get married, this is how me and my husband is going to do. You know, <laughs> some of us we imagine that and. We think it's not a sin that okay, since it's a marital thought, I think I'm okay with it. But this is clearly is clearly defined as a sin in the Bible. Lasciviousness that is showing sexual desire or sexual thoughts. Whether is whether is a thought or an action, it is a sin. It is simply classified as immorality or impurity. Because what you are thinking at that point is not, it's not pure at all. We know that. But some of us as young Christians will be like, Oh, I'm not doing it now. I'm just thinking about it. Let's talk about the truth today. It's a sin. It's not easy. But still it is a sin. Some of us will tell little lies. All in the name of Cruz. Just imagine how God will feel when he has told you that he has good plans for you. Yes, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thought I have towards you, not of evil but good. 
Honestly, when I remember this, this is my favorite Bible verse. When I remember it, it really reset a lot in my head. Like, Sharon, see what God has for you. See where He's taking you to. You don't have to mess it up. That alone stops me from sinning. Because as as Christians, if we are not sure of our identity, we might just be doing any, we might just be acting any 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 way that we want. We might not be able to choose our friends rightly. That's why our identity is very important. When you know who you are, you you pick your friends rightly. You be in the right relationship. You act according to what God has planned for you. You won't just talk anyhow or act anyhow. Your creator has good plans for you already. But most of us, we are just spoiling it with Mr. Flesh. Little lies that we tell. You know, it counts. It's piling up. Yes, God will forgive us. But we are injuring God's given identity in us with our bad habits. You know what the cross does for us it guarantees us a new identity but it ensures that when we get to our purposeful destination we would make it true but in the in-between it guarantees us that as we journey through life we have a God whose ears are wide open a God who we can hopefully boast in as young Christians today let's ensure to live our best life with God's purpose in it Yes, fulfilling his purpose, showing forth his light, and claiming our true identity. It's never too late. Yes, remember Moses and Paul in the Bible. Let's remember that we are God's children. He predestines us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose. To the praise of glorious grace with which he has blessed us in his beloved. God loves us so much. Let's have the right identity in him. Today, in summary, what we are just saying is let our identity be right in God. Let's prioritize all that we do on earth. Because it doesn't end here. The way to understand our identity will be given to us in Jesus' name. The new art to stop evil practices, bad habits, all our weaknesses. We pray that God is going to give us a new art in Jesus' name. We pray that God will help us center and prioritize our identity in His light, in His glory, and not in the midst of darkness or evil friends in Jesus' name. Father, once again, we thank you for today's podcast. We give you all the praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. We thank you, Lord, because as young Christians, we've come together to listen to your word. We pray, Lord, that we will not just be the year alone, but also the do of your word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you guys for joining. I'm so, so, so grateful. Pardon me today. My voice is actually 
just down a bit because I'm kind of strong. My dear friends, once again, thank you for waiting till this minute to listen to me. Thank you for your consistency. Thank you, thank you so, so much. God bless our soul, renew our mind, and refresh our spirits. And I pray that God will always be on your side. The, the grace to hear him, the grace to hear him and do his word will be given unto us in Jesus' name. I pray that every challenge you are passing through or financial challenges you are passing through, God is going to bring out of it in Jesus' name. And if there's anyone in trouble that you need help, you need help, God is going to send help to you in Jesus' name. And if you are facing confusion, that road of confusion, God will what redirect your steps, we bring it to his light. We will show forth his glory in your life in Jesus' name. Thank you once again. Thank you so much for joining. See you next month, guys. See you next month. God bless our soul. Renew our mind and refresh our spirit. I love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. Have a great day.